Welcome to Thrive Church. Um, my name is Gina, and this is Pastor Shayna, and we are not Pastor David. Um, if you were wondering, the newsletter kept going out, Pastor David will continue the series on Exodus. Us. Um, this morning, we are going to continue. Uh, we've been working through our series from one place to the next. And we've talked about Moses and his encounter with God um, as an ordinary um, shepherd who was running from, um, you know, murdering one of his fellow Egyptians. And uh, he encountered God. And we were talking about uh, when the ordinary is sacred and when we're standing on holy ground. And then we continue the next week um, when God says, um, I've called you to do this, but we give him all the reasons why we are not the qualified one. So today we're going to take a bit of a hiatus from our story with the Israelites, and we're going to talk about the subject of forgiveness. Um, so as we talk about the subject of forgiveness, as we go through the scriptures and specifics, I just want to um, have you... Kind of stay here. So capture every thought that might go through your head as we, I've said, we're talking about forgiveness. And um, 2 Corinthians 10, um, 5 says to capture every thought before the Lord. So as we go about talking about this, I just want to encourage you to keep your mind there. Um, I invite you to turn to the book of Matthew. And we're going to be in the 18th chapter, verse five, uh, 21. Okay, so here we encounter Jesus, and he's sitting down talking to the disciples, and um, Peter has a question for him. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Once a day, once a, once a, day a week, that sounds pretty good. Um, Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times, or in other translations it says seven times seven. Uh, so Jesus instructs us that we must not forgive Peter's suggested times of seven, but over and over and over and over again. So it's important as we talk about forgiveness, what is forgiveness? Well, Webster's defines forgiveness as a verb. Uh, to cease to feel resentment against an offender or to pardon. To give up resentment of a claim to requital, to grant relief from payment of, or forgive a debt? Well, the Urban Dictionary defines it this way. Accept that you are better in the situation that you two had together, or for example, I forgive you, friend, because I simply don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, our purpose this morning is in scripture. So how does the Greek, which our modern translations come from, are translated? translated uh, to define this word. This passage of scripture that we will be challenged by is the word here is afiemi, and to leave, it means to leave something or someone alone or to pardon. Forgiveness is a word we all like to discuss. It brings good feelings or vibes, but it has a big call to action that potentially may not bring such great feelings. Pastor and theologian Charles Stanley states, forgiveness is the process that involves understanding our own forgiveness and how that applies to those who have hurt us. This morning we'd like to suggest what Margaret Feinberg, who's an author and speaker in her book Wonderstruck, suggests. In order to move from one place to the other, 
We must choose to forgive wholly and we will find ourselves whole. Forgive completely and we will find ourselves complete. The truth is that being forgiven frees us from the shame, the heaviness of heart, and self-hatred that ultimately cast, cuts us off from God and those we care about most. It prevents us from being the people that God has called us to be. So let's look at some things. What maybe deters us from the path to forgiveness? Maybe pride. Uh, it's fine. I'm fine. We're all fine mentally. I was wrong. This is an issue of the other person coming to me needing to um, write this. I will not humble myself. That's one aspect. Second, uh, maybe pain or fear. The pain and rejection could occur again. I could be hurt again. I'm not up for that. We're afraid of um, what might come if we let go of this. The third is the need for justice or need for retribution. Um, they should pay for their actions. This hurt me greatly. Uh, the only way this would be right is when they pay for what they have done. Um, while here, in some cases, there is no justice that will do the injustice. It, it, it will not be wrong. It will not be righted. The last is shame. It was my fault. I had a part to play. I have not known. I should have known better. I should have not been in that place at that time. Choosing to not forgive in any of these aspects is like burning a bridge that you need to eventually cross. It can be detrimental. When we choose to forgive, we cross over from the natural realm to the space where the Holy Spirit can work inside of us. Now you might think, okay, thank you for sharing what forgiveness is, and that sounds all good and dandy, but how do I forgive? I am hurt, I am angry, I am beside myself with grief. How do I forgive? Well, the first step to forgiveness, just kidding, is to recognize we are all in need of forgiveness. Not just the person who wronged you, but yourself. The person you wake up to every morning and you look in the mirror. We are all in need of forgiveness. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So remember, we are in just as much of a need to seek the Lord's forgiveness as we are to forgive those around us. Matthew 6.14 also says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. So if you walk around with this unforgiveness on your heart, what's to say the Lord's not going to forgive you, right? I mean, if you're okay with not forgiving your father, mother, friend, coworker, why does the Lord have to forgive you? Well, because that's why he sent Jesus. So that he can bridge that gap between us and him. So that leads to the next one. Acknowledge that a lack of forgiveness breaks our fellowship with God. So Matthew 5, I wrote the wrong book up there, or wrong chapter 5, 23 to 24, says, So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, or you against them, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and sister, and then come offer your gift. So God wants you to make right with those here on earth, right? Whoever that is, whatever journey that you are on, whatever unforgiveness that is haunting you in your daily life. And then he says in Ephesians 4.32, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Again, our relationship with God. He wants fellowship with us. He sent his son, Jesus, to bridge that gap 
so that we, in turn, can forgive those who've wronged us in our lives. We don't want a heart filled with resentment, anger, bitterness, right? We want to have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, right? Next, we need to seek guidance from the Lord. Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? It's a lot easier for us to uh, ponder on what was wronged, how we were wronged, how we feel, uh, that pride, anger. But God says to seek him first, pray and meditate. Say, Lord, I want to forgive whoever it is. Might be yourself. Maybe you're living with um, regrets or things that you've done that you're ashamed of and you need to forgive yourself. I am hurt, ashamed, angry. Help me to release this stronghold and forgive. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. When Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray, this is what he said. Forgive us our trespasses so we can forgive those who trespass against us. Next, rinse, lather, repeat. <laughs> Forgiveness isn't a one and done. It is something, it's a process. Like Charles Stanley said, it is a process. It's something that you have to wake up every morning and say, this is how I'm going to live today. I'm going to live in forgiveness. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, that's easy for you to say. I have been abused. I have been abandoned. I have been rejected. I have been hurt so deeply that there is no amount of grace that can be given to right this wrong. Well, you're wrong. I do know what it means to walk that journey. Nine years ago, I was faced with the need to forgive. Uh, without going into too many details, I grew up in a very abusive, uh, physically, emotionally, and uh, alcoholism, drugs kind of home. And with that, obviously, you harbor anger, resentment, um, just all kinds of things come cling on to you when you've lived in that life for so long. As an adult, uh, the Lord called me to go back to school to get my degree in ministry. And naively, I asked the Lord, okay, so God, how can I make my ministry a success? What do I need to do to... Uh, to be good at my job or to be good in this ministry. And he said, forgive. Forgive your mother. Oh, wait a minute, God. Let me ask that again, because that is like, that's too much. I can study. And, you know, I'm a mother of three and under. Uh, you know, this is a lot already, so that's too much. And he said, write your mother a letter. Okay. So I started to let that seep in and talk to my family about it, and God's telling me to write a letter, but I'm just, maybe I heard him wrong, maybe it's just my own little conscience that's like telling me to do this. So we go to church one Sunday, and the new series is Parenting 101, and I'm thinking, great, I can really learn how to be a really good parent to my young kids. And the first series part is um, honoring your mother and father. Okay, so I'm going to teach my kids how to honor me. Tell me how great I am, what a good mom I am. You know, who's my ego? Exactly, right? No, it was about honoring our mother and father. How 
how can we teach our children to honor us as parents if we're holding resentment and anger towards our own parents? Okay, God, I see what you're doing here. I hear you. But surely he's not talking to me because of abuse, because of all these other things that have happened to me, right? No. Specifically, as if talking to me, he said, now I know some of you are going to have a hard time finding a way to honor your parents because of abuse, etc. But, but God, but find a way. And your homework is to write them a letter. <laughs> the waterworks. And it just came and it flowed. And of course my husband's like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> no, there was no words, so God told me to write a letter. Now I didn't go home and immediately write a letter. It took me about two weeks to finally sit down and gather my thoughts and gather my emotions and to finally give them to the Lord. Only He can bridge that gap. Only He can erase the hurt, the turmoil, all those feelings. And I did. I wrote it down. But I still held on to that letter. And the other part of what the pastor was telling us to do was to read that letter to your parents. Well, my mom didn't have a phone, so I called the bar that she frequented and read her this letter over the phone. And silence. I let it out. We said goodbye. And that was it. The freedom that I felt when I hung up that phone was something I'd never felt in my entire life. It wasn't my own anymore. It wasn't my story. It was hers now. Now it was up to her to encounter the Lord. What was she going to do with what I just presented her with? Well, fast forward a couple months, and she had had a very severe stroke. And when I got the call, they said that this was it. She would either remain in a vegetative state, or she would die. Now, had I not reconciled with her the months prior, I would have been obligated to fix whatever it was that was wrong between us. Instead, I could come from a place of love and caring and forgiveness where I could do what was right by her. Which leads me to, how will I know when I'm truly forgiven? So when I got that bird, that call, I didn't roll my eyes like, what now? Oh great, now I'm gonna have to go save her again. No, those negative feelings were gone. Only love and um, sadness for her pain were there. Next, it will be easier to accept the people who hurt us without the desire to change them. It wasn't up to me to fix what was wrong in my mom's life. That was between her and the Lord. Concerns about the needs of others will outweigh our concerns about what they did to us. When she finally was on her road to recovery, which the, the uh, doctor said would never happen, I uh, got a call that she wanted me to come save her from her lifestyle in El Paso. If I hadn't have crossed that bridge and reconciled with her, my answer would have been no, no way. No way am I gonna expose my children to what I was exposed to as a child. But I was able to see past that and think about her concerns and not about what she did to me. 
Now am I saying allow the same things to happen to you? No, set up boundaries. But know that it is God who is in control. It goes back to Mark Feinberg saying, in order for us to move from one place to the next, we must choose to forgive wholly, not just a little bit, not just enough to get by, but wholly so that we can be whole. It's not for them necessarily, but for us, because we want our connection to Christ to not be altered. We want that path to be straight. Forgive completely and you will find yourself complete. So today, Gina had said, you know, think about in the now. What are you thinking about? What is God bringing to your mind as we talk about this forgiveness? Whose name popped up in your mind today? Whose face did you picture? Maybe it was your own. Maybe it was someone from your past. Maybe it was the guy who cut you off on the way to church this morning. <laughs> But who is the Holy Spirit nudging you to forgive? Today we encourage you to take that first step from here to there. In the back, we have some stationery and an envelope. And we encourage you to grab a sheet and an envelope and write your story. Your story of forgiveness. Like I said, maybe it's to yourself. Maybe you have some baggage that you need to release to God. Maybe it's to an abusive parent or another family member who was abusive growing up. Maybe somebody who doesn't even understand or know what they've done to you. Maybe it's to a sibling, a friend, a child. In my case, he told me to write to my mom, and he told me to read it to her. That might not be the case for you. You might be called to uh, rip it into a thousand pieces once you've written it, or burn it, safely burn it. But whatever he is calling you to do, remember it is your journey. It's what he's calling you to do. And I pray that you listen.